Hello and welcome to this edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. Hope and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to all who are listening. And I have a very special treat for you on this edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. My son, Hunter Terrell, he's been taking guitar lessons now for um, a few months and he's going to be singing for you today here on the uh, podcast. And so I'm going to turn the mic over to him and let him go ahead and sing a song for you. Then after that, We'll be finding our message today out of the book of Ephesians in chapter number two. So here he is now, uh, my son, Hunter Terrell. Thank you, son. That was my boy, Hunter Terrell, singing, Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And uh, Hunter certainly is a blessing to me. And um, I'm I'm a very blessed daddy. I really am. I got two good children and a good wife. So I, And I've got a lovely Lord. Amen. But, um, okay, Ephesians chapter number two is what I'm going to begin reading tonight. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number one down through verse number seven. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
among whom also we all had our conversations in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come uh, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And so I'm going to read for the sake of time tonight. May God add his blessings to the reading of the word of God here tonight. In verses 1 through 3 of this chapter, we find that it describes the terrible condition of those who are unsaved and that they are dead in trespasses and in sin. And Satan and the world system keeps them in a constant state of deception. They are depraved in their appetites for God, and they are only out to satisfy their flesh and lust, and they are doomed to face the judgment of Almighty God should they not get saved. And friend of mine, it's like this. If you're not saved by the grace of God, you are in the same boat. You are spiritually dead, trapped, and you can do nothing within yourself to get to heaven. And try as you might, all of your religious attempts at religious activity and self-improvement can never make you right with God. And what you need, my friend, is a divine intervention. And here the Apostle Paul, he tells us, when we were lost in our sins, God intervened to bring salvation to our never-dying souls. Amen. And friend, salvation is of the Lord. Let me say that again. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation does not lie in a dollar. Salvation does not lie in a church roll. Salvation, my friend, does not lie in shaking the preacher's hand or going to heaven on mom and dad's coattail. But friend of mine, salvation is of the Lord. It's a divine invasion from Almighty God who personally invades the dead heart of the lost sinner and he becomes a living saint by the grace of Almighty God. Amen, hot dog and hallelujah there. And so with that divine intervention in mind, I want to bring a thought and I want to consider the subject when God butts in, I want to preach on tonight, to, but God, but God, what happens when God butts in on a dead lost sinner situation? Well, if we look back at verse number four and verse number five, we'll find God's divine intervention. God's intervention is a personal thing. The words, but God, are filled with glory and power and meaning. Those two little words with six letters, one conjunction, and one personal pronoun may very well be, my friend, the greatest words in all of the Word of God. They tell us where salvation originated from, and that came it came from the person of Almighty God. And those two words tell us who initiates salvation. God always makes the first move, and those two words make all the difference between life and death. They make all the difference between a life of turmoil and a life of peace. They make all the difference between a life of sin and a life of sorrow and a life lived to the glory of God. They make all the difference between salvation, damnation, heaven, and hell. Amen. If we could take a moment and contrast the truths of verse 1 through 3 with the words, but God, and walk through the word of God and see where the personal intervention of God made an internal difference in the lives of men and women, you and I would see just how powerful, my friend, those two words, but God, really are. And praise the sweet Lord. I'm grateful tonight. He took a personal interest in me. I thank God for the day he butted in my life when I was not looking for a change, but God. I was not looking for a savior, but God. I was not looking for anything but a good time, but God. I was not looking for anything but another high, but God. I was not looking for anything but another thrill, but God. I was not looking for anything but another sin, but God. And praise 
praise his good name tonight. Uh, he had other ideas for my life, and thanks to his personal intervention, I am saved, saved, saved by the grace of God. Not only do we see that God's intervention is precious, but also, or, or not only is it uh, personal, but also it's precious. Look at the phrase, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. The Apostle Paul mentions the fact that God is rich in mercy. The word rich here refers to an overabundant, measureless, and unlimited quantity of mercy. The word mercy refers to goodness or kindness toward the miserable and afflicted, coupled with a desire to help them. Our Savior was marked by his mercy while he walked on this earth. And the Word of God says he was moved with compassion as he looked upon those who were helpless in their afflictions and their sins. And friend, in salvation, he does the same. And in verses 1 through 3, there was never a more afflicted or miserable people than this group of people here. And in spite of their wicked, fallen condition, thank God, friend, he looked upon them with mercy in his heart. And friend, mercy has the idea of receiving, not receiving what one deserves. But God, he turns his wrath away from the children of wrath and extends to them his forgiveness and salvation. The Apostle Paul calls it his great love. A love, my friend, that is eternal, sacrificial, unconditional, personal, and effectual. And the object of that love is found in verse number four where the Bible says, wherewith he loved us. Hey, friend of mine, when we were in the depths of our sin, when we deserved nothing but his wrath and damnation, there was nothing in us that would beckon him and cause him to move in our direction but God. Amen. Verse number five, by grace are you saved. We would like the poor man that was robbed and left for dead in Luke chapter 10, the parable of the good Samaritan because religion and good works had passed him by and friend, religion and good works will pass us by. They cannot be helped but God, our good Samaritan, Jesus Christ came to where we were. Amen. He climbed into our ditch and gave his life for ours and paid our sin debt. Uh, he lifted us up out of that ditch of death, despair, deception, and doom. Uh, he healed our sinful condition with his precious blood and forgave us all our sins uh, and gave us the precious Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, he did all of this knowing that we would fail him and could never repay him but God. Amen. Let me tell you this tonight. Uh, being a Baptist will not get you to heaven. Being a Methodist will not get you to heaven. Uh, being a Presbyterian, Catholic, or anything like that will not get you to heaven. God must butt in your life. Uh, you must be saved by the grace of God. Uh, you see, religion is us carrying God around. Religion has said, hey, I am a Baptist. Hey, I am an independent Baptist. I'm a Southern Baptist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Methodist. I'm a this and I'm a that. Uh, friend of mine, that's all good and great, but it will not take you to heaven. Religion is us carrying God around, but thank God, salvation, my friend, is God carrying carrying you and I around. Amen. I'm glad for the day that God budded in my life. Uh, but God, his great love wherewith he loved us. We also see God's intervention is profound in verse number five. His intervention occurred when we were dead in sins. God did not wait until we improved our condition. God did not wait until we reformed. God did not wait until we got a case of the do-betters. Amen. I see a lot of people today who get a case of the do-betters. Yeah, they do better for a day or two or a week or two and they're right back out in the same sin they were in before they got that case of do-betters. Hey, friend, turning over a new leaf uh, is not going to get you to heaven. He set his love on us while we were dead in sins. He loved us in spite of our wickedness. Hey, man, I don't understand. I'll never understand how God could love someone like me but God. Amen. Well, secondly tonight, not only do we see God's, um, 
Not only do we see God's divine intervention, but also we see God's divine identification, verse 5 through 6. Not only has God intervened in the lives of the redeemed, but also he identifies with those who are redeemed with his son. He looks upon his redeemed ones. He never sees us like we are, but like we are in Jesus. Amen. He doesn't see our sins, but the righteousness of his son. He doesn't see us as we are, but thank God he sees us as he is. When he sees me, he sees the blood of the lamb. He views me as worthy and not as I am. Thank God for him. In verse number five, I want you to read this in uh, Ephesians chapter number uh, two, verse five. We are with Christ. Verse 6, we are in Christ. And thank God, verse 7, we are through Christ. And this is all possible because but God intervened, but God identified with us. <clears throat> also, we are identified with him in resurrection. The Apostle Paul says that God hath quickened us together with Christ. Now, the word quicken simply means to make alive. And when God saves a lost soul, he brings them out of spiritual death and imparts to them resurrection of life in Jesus Christ. And that soul becomes a new creature in Christ. Amen. And when that happens, he identifies with us in his resurrection. And when God sees us, he sees a resurrected people. When Jesus rose from the grave, all the redeemed walked out with him. Amen. But God, we are also identified with him in his decision. Uh, Paul says also in the same verse, and hath raised us up together with him. He is referring to Christ's ascension back to heaven 40 days after he arose from the grave and took his place at the right hand of the Father. We are identified with him in his pos position as well. Notice the Apostle Paul then says, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Friend, it's like this. When Christ left this earth and was seated at the right hand of God, we went up with him. Physically, we're still here, but thank God, spiritually, we were already there, amen? Where he is, there we are. I know to some it may be hard to understand how in the world could we be in two places at one time. How in the world can we do that, my friend? But I'm telling you, friend, God, who stands outside of the boundary of time, sees no time. He sees all the time, all at the same time. He sees where we are now and where we will be after we are saved. And we are identified with Christ and where he is. And God sees us in heaven with him as if we're already there. Thank God, friend, that will make you shout hallelujah three times and amen one time right there. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, it all comes back to those two little words, but God. I cannot explain it well, but all I can say is, uh, but God, amen. When we were dead and could, and could not come where he was, hallelujah, friend, he came to me, but God. And you know, it's like this. When you see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know what? He didn't get there by himself. No, no, no. He had someone to take him to the top. Amen. And thank God, friend, that's exactly the way it is for those who are saved by the grace of God. We're not going to heaven by ourselves. We're not already there on our own merit, but God. Well, not only do we see divine intervention, not only do we see divine identification, but in God, when God but sin, last of all, in verse 7, we see God's divine intentions. God saved us for a purpose, and part of that is found in verse 7. God intends to reveal the riches of his grace to us. God will use the 
unfolding ages of eternity to reveal the extent of his grace toward us. And when we all get to heaven and we see just how we did extend his grace and we comprehend the wonder of his love and the price of his grace and the power of his salvation for him, we're going to respond in an eruption of praise and worship like never before. And it all goes back to those two little words, but God. You see, friend, I like to shout down here and I tell people this, uh, I'm practicing up down here from when I get over there. Amen. But God, well, we see God's intends to reveal the riches of his grace to us, but also we find in verse seven, God intends to reveal the riches of his grace through us. This verse tends to imply that as long as there are saints in the world, he will be using them to display his power and salvation to the lost. That is why the apostle Paul calls the saints of God in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, epistles known and read of all men. And we are, in Ephesians 2, 10, God's workmanship. And friend, you may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Amen? And that is why God saves us and leaves us in this world. He leaves us as trophies of his grace, a living, breathing letter of his love to the lost. Every child of God who is saved by the grace of God is a walking testimony to the power of God to save souls and change lives. That's why we are commanded in Matthew 5.16 to live right and John 13.35 to love right. And that is why he commands us to tell a fallen world that what he has done in us and through us, through Jesus Christ, he can do for them. Amen. Uh, so we should live like him, love like him, and labor for him that others may be drawn to him and be saved because it all comes back to those two little words that have a great big meaning, but God. As I close today, let me say this, but God, I was lost in sin, but God, I was trapped in darkness, but God, I was separated from God and headed to a devil's hell, but God, I was under Satan's control, but God, I was a prisoner to my passion and my lust, but God, I was dead, deceived, doomed, and depraved, but God, because God made in my life and intervened in my life, thank God, friend of mine, I'm not the person I used to be, he has forever changed me. He made a change in me. And thank God I know he'll make a change in you. I'm glad for the day that God butted in. And so tonight, uh, today, let me ask you a question. Has God butted in your life? Has there been a time that you've let God butt in and save you by the grace of God? Child of God, if you're going through a storm tonight, uh, why not give it to God? Let God butt in. And let God get you through it. Amen. But God. Well, this has been Brother Walter Terrell and Brother Hunter Terrell on the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it at the beginning, my son is singing a song, playing his guitar, singing, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And friend, we have a lot to be thankful for tonight. And I thank God for the night, for the very night, December the 9th, 1994, at True Vine Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina, God came by and butted in my life. And I've been saved. I've been preaching now for 26 years. And I thank God for the day that the Lord butted in my life. Well, good day. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day or night, wherever you may be in the world, just on purpose. <music>